A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Welcome back to International Iron. I am your host, Jeff Roberts, and I am here as always with my co-host down in Australia. What's up, Lee? Not much. Nice Saturday afternoon or Yeah, it's just a bit after lunchtime here. Nice sunny day, but they're expecting a storm. So Yeah, yesterday a big storm come. Had to go get my bloody garbage bins, they were blown away. One of those <laughs> Where it's stinking hot all day and you get that downpour and wind for 30 minutes and then the sun comes back out and it's fucking stinking hot again. But down in Sydney, it had trees blowing over and shit, all the damage was down Sydney way, so. That sounds like Florida, where it's just beautiful and then it's yeah. like a tropical rainstorm for like 20 minutes and then it's beautiful again. That happens yes, there? And, and Hawaii and many other places i think it happens a bit in the south doesn't it? i remember when i was in the south it's like that really humid and a storm would come in and then it would fucking heat up again same as brazil same as everywhere fuck it hate the world <laughs> so global warming it must it's be the global polar caps warming. it's the polar caps melting yeah um so you were doing some interesting reading as we we're uh trying to fire this up <laughs> I was, yes. George the Animal Steel died. Yeah, 79. Can you believe it? It's too bad. It used to be funny. Never, I, I never recall him speaking. He never really spoke, did he? He just sort of growled and went into the corner and bit the. Uh, I remember him just ripping the foam out of the corner pads and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He, he wasn't really verbal. But I wonder yeah. what he looked like at 79. It's kind of hard to imagine him as an old man. Yeah, because he never looked... How old was he? Because when he was wrestling, he looked like he was sort of middle-aged. Then he didn't really look like a youngster, did he? No. Well, from what I remember, <laughs> no, he, he was probably he, in his 30s, 40s then, wasn't he? Probably. I mean, based on how he looked, it's hard to tell, but he was like a just a monster, hairy beast of a man. But, he might uh, have had a hard life. I bet I'm sure he he did his fair share of uh, painkillers and cocaine and whatever else goes with that lifestyle. And then also I happen to be reading about depression, and you know we're talking about everything. So like uh, de- everyone's depressed, everyone's got these problems, and everything's an illness and sickness, and that it's just no, it's not people. You just need to harden the fuck up. That's what it is, because. Like I was telling you, back in the old days, I know my grandparents did, it was here in Australia, I think it was in America, there was a time in the world where it was actually called the fucking depression, the Great Depression that people fucking lived through where they lost jobs, lost their homes, there was no food. My grandparents used to eat like bread and dripping, just getting the fucking 
bread and dipping it in the fat and the oil that's left over from when they used to have food to cook and shit like that. And you know what? They still went to work. They still raised their kids. They still all turned out fine. Look at, look at my grandparents. They took care of their family, even my mum and, you know, us kids, the grandkids. They are always here to go over to cook meals. They'd do everything for you. Never complained. Grandparents were always there. And they grew up in that era where shit was hard, scrubbing boards. They didn't have washing machines. Cooking food was making stuff from scratch. There was no microwaves. Go bang the clothes on a rock. Go walk to the bloody grocery stores. Get on a bus. There's none of all these fucking luxuries that we have now. And they fucking survived. They were brought up in the times too where they used to get a fucking smack around the arse or the head if they were fucking bad. They brought up through the time where they got fucking told, you're going into the military and you're going to fight if your numbers got caught up on a certain date and birth. And they fucking survived. They didn't have depression. They weren't fucking killing themselves. They were fucking hardened up and they were fucking real people. Today, these fucking cotton wool fucking fairy puffers, God knows what they are, <laughs> fucking piss me off because they want to fucking yeah. complain about everything. Everything's handed to them. Look at the stores in America. You go into a store. Oh, look, I can pick up one packet of thing from the frozen section. My potatoes are cut up and peeled. My vegetables are cut up. There's the fucking meat and there's a packet of sauce. I go home and throw it in a fucking pan. Dinner's done. If I don't want to do that, go to McDonald's. Then when I get home, I can heat up in the microwave or I can just put my stuff in the washing machine washing machine will fucking wash it and it's a dryer only one day that dries it oh my god but yet you know what i'm so fucked up mentally and depressed i got no time for the family or kids i just got no time things are made so much more convenient for me these days but i just don't have time people are needing to harden the fuck up they have no clue half the people these days couldn't fucking survive 40 50 60 years ago going back further than that no way but i had the, where they had the old fucking gaslight horse and cart you see people complain today even about the internet service still they go on about, ooh, we need fucking internet and carry on. Well, look how slow it is. Look how slow it is. I remember when it was fucking dial-up. I didn't mind. But now things aren't quick enough. They need things now. need things now. And when they do get things now, I haven't got enough time. What's the world coming to, Jeff? Yeah, people are so unable to, like, I mean, I, I just don't. The whole the depression thing to me is just such a, it, it's just, there's so much wrong with it. First of all, like you said, like our lives are so easy. I mean, our our lives as Americans or in any developed country, it's it's so fucking optimized. Like if we are are having like it's just anything you can think of is available to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do like if you have a headache, there's like ten different pills you can take; it'll go away. If you have if you're tired, there's like ten different ways you can you can have coffee, you can have an energy like. There's everything that you could possibly want or need is available pretty much instantly. And then these people act like they're depressed uh, and all this shit. Oh, it's yeah. like, well, what about, what about, what about they got to fly somewhere? Like say from New York to Tucson. Oh my God. It takes so long. What about the old days? You motherfuckers when you had to get on a fucking horse and cart and travel across country, it'd take a few months or there was no plane going to England. You had to hop on a ship that took you fucking weeks. People these days have no clue how hard people had it. And they take things for granted. Here's another one to throw in there of depression. You get this one a lot now. Bullying. Bullying's a fucking issue. Bullying's a problem. When I was growing up, it was called fucking names. It's what kids do. Sticks and stones may break my bones and all that shit. But uh, there's one girl the other day, she's on Facebook. Her family was on there having a thing because she committed suicide because she was bullied and that. And people from her school would go online and call mm-hmm. her names and shit. 
It's Facebook, Dan. Get the fuck off it. Well, here's an idea. Just have your friends on your friends list. Block everybody else so people can't write shit to you. Why would you fucking kill yourself over Facebook? Is fucking beyond me. We never had that shit when I was growing up. It's probably half the people these days, their fucking depression comes from someone doesn't like me. I posted a picture. No one liked it. Someone abused me. That's their biggest fucking issues in life that give people depression is fucking social media. Fuck me dead. It's movie stars coming out. We've got to stop this epidemic of bullying. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> and you know for sure, <laughs> for sure, that bullying was way worse 20 years ago. There's no uh, doubt. There's no exactly. doubt about it. <laughs> the bullying that you hear about people who are, like, middle-aged now, dealing with back in the day, nowadays the kids would be charged for, like, assault and shit. Like, uh, we, we you know, like, we... we you know, if you're a redhead and you got called names if you're a redhead and shit growing up, you know, it always happened. But people did it in fun. That's the thing. People could give you a name a nickname like Joe Gold would give people, but it was taken in fun. You didn't get hurt by it. It was just a nickname. It's not like someone's actually going out of the way and really getting in there. It's just a nickname. But these days, there's this woman on TV a couple of weeks ago because she has two red-haired children, and she's now lobbying and starting a petition for the word ranger to be taken out. She doesn't want ranger because it's demeaning and upsets children when they're called rangers. And she's saying people <laughs> should accept them. She's sitting on TV with her fucking big fake titties and her fucking bleach blonde hair saying... They should be accepted for accepted for who they are, and they should be liked for you know them. Oh, okay, well look at you. You're a great example for your kids going out and fucking bleaching your fucking hair blonde, aren't you? So, whatever. Yeah, we so call them. Thing we call them gingers. Rangers. Yeah, well that'd be the same. Ranger here's like short for redhead type thing. A ranger, yeah, a ranger. Yeah, but she doesn't want that because it's demeaning and can hurt them. That could be very hurtful, Jeff. And then if they get hurt like that by those names, they'll be depressed. <laughs> yeah. And I think people just want to, they just want to be, like, sedated. I mean, I feel like just simple, everyday... Um, I'll, I'll fucking sedate him with a baseball bat. <laughs> just simple, <laughs> like, everyday tasks. Like, because Joe Blow or Sally have to, they have to go to work, they have to pay bills, now they're fucking depressed and stressed out. It's like, well, oh, yeah. that's the fucking part of lit, like, and, get, and now they need a... They need a drug to make them go comatose so they can forget about it. Yeah, and then take a couple of weeks off work on paid leave because they're fucking depressed. Because if I do go to work depressed, I could get suicidal and go fucking postal and kill people at work. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't see, like, the the whole... I don't know. I I I don't understand how the whole depression wave and giving everyone antidepressants is helping anything. Like, what has... Yeah, it's, helping, it's helping the drug companies. Right, like, <laughs> I don't see any fucking... Like, suicide's not down. And it's, no. and it's like, where are these people... Like, you have... So let's take a normal, like, you know, 50-year-old woman or whatever, you know, who says she needs Prozac or any, any of these uh, antidepressants. I just don't see... So you're telling me that if you didn't have that drug, despite your life being totally normal and fine, you would kill yourself? No, you fucking wouldn't. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't fucking believe because you know why? Because it never happens. Where are the where are the middle class normal people just offing themselves in the kitchen because they didn't have their like that doesn't fucking that that that's so unbelievably rare. Yet what per, like. The percentage of people I know in America on antidepressants is super high. It's probably like 30% or some ridiculous number. But there's no where are all the people killing themselves? So why are you really taking it? You're just taking it because you want to fucking take a drug and and 
either you're doing it for like attention or you're doing it because it's like a they can mix the drug with their alcohol on the weekends and be in happy happy lanes it's like yeah it's like a crutch it's like oh well i'm gonna you know instead of feeling emotional when my boss tells me i didn't do a good job today i'm just gonna be a fucking drone and not even feel anything like i'm gonna take i'm gonna take my pills because you can't talk to me like that yeah like now, like, like watch, watch those videos when Trump won, all those people crying and carrying on silly. Jesus Christ, that was <laughs> hilarious. They, that they, was they, hilarious. I'm sure but, medications went up that week. <laughs> I, I'm sure they did. <laughs> but yeah, I think I don't know. I, I just think I don't know. It's just craziness. It's it's so it's so overdone and like the way that everyone is medicated now is just fucking horrible. And um, oh yeah. Most people don't see it, you know. They're just like, "Oh, you know, it's just, it's just part of our culture now, where everyone's and they, on drugs they, and shit." And so, like, it's like you, I don't know, it's like America, but here in Australia, because you know, have all these cancer places. Everyone's got a fucking cancer charity, so they're making millions and millions. Sure, some money goes back to the cancer research, but so are these people who are running these charities making all the money and doing this, doing that, traveling everywhere. But now we've got heaps of places here, suicide prevention places. <laughs> it's like. Everything beyond blue and all this sort of stuff. And half the guys, anyway, half the guys like who are depressed. Just say your testosterone levels check. Half, half the men, their test levels are just that low. That's why they're fucking depressed. Forget the antidepressant. Just get your doctor to give you some test and you'll feel good again. Oh, no, we want to give you all these other drugs to make billions of dollars. Yeah, and sometimes people will be prescribed medication because of, like, something traumatizing that happens in their life. And it's like... That's a normal, healthy response mm-hmm. to like you can't just like, fucking you can't just eliminate depression. For it's it's like a very natural, normal mm-hmm. way to feel. As a, you can't just and, like and you gotta and like I said, you gotta deal with it. Like say, okay, my dog who I gave away to people to look after, she had to get put down the other day because a snake bit her, and I was upset by that. I couldn't sleep that night. I was feeling depressed and upset thinking about her, but yet I didn't go, oh, she don't need medication. It's just like you grieve, you go through it. The same if you lose a family member uh-huh. or something bad happens, you just learn to do it. That's life as part of growing up. That's the natural happens. way. People should... die, and it's like you just <sighs> grieve. You get up, getting upset's normal. Crying's normal. Yes, you're going to have great days where you're happy, but then there could be some days, like if you lost, like my grandparents, there's days I think about them, and I'm like, oh, great, we had great times, and there's some days... I sit here and I think about my grandfather and I still cry, but I'm not thinking, oh, shit, I'm depressed. i got to go get medication. It's just a natural thing. You think about the good times you had and some days you will get down. You think, oh, I miss them bad and you cry and shit, but hey, that's life. And then the next day, everything's fine again. You move on. But these days, people just, like you said, they don't want to feel that. They don't want to go through all these emotions. It's just like, I'm just going to numb myself to the world. It's like, Yeah. And I can't imagine that going through like the death of a if you have an animal you were close to or a family member even worse, you know, like no, the animal, eliminating animal sad anim, animals more sad than family members. Some of them. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I'm not going to touch that one, but, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just saying like, I feel like if you eliminate that, that time of depression and grieving with a drug, that's gotta be so bad for you. Like at some point, mm-hmm. At some point, it's got to all accumulate and fucking... I just don't... Why would you... It's it's like... It's just like anything else. If you you won the lottery, you're going to be happy. You know, like... 
you can't just eliminate the emotions that come along with things. And that, I feel like that's what society is trying to do. They're trying to make everything like even keel. Like you're never too upset. You're never too. It's just it's fucking craziness. But and none of it's helping. Like nothing is getting better. There's no like yeah. all this all this like antidepressants and and anti-bullying and all this crap is like none of it's helping. It's it's all like. Well, you look at you look at look at around the world now. Australia's the same as America and other places. We have more fitness places, more gyms. We have more knowledge on health and fitness. We have more knowledge on nutrition and foods, good foods, bad foods. But yet, here in Australia, it's probably similar to America. Obesity with young kids is the highest it's ever been. Because you know, it's just like people. What kids are depressed? They don't want to go play. They just play on their machines. We can't let kids outside because there's bad people outside who might get them. It's <laughs> like half the lawsuits I see over here now, even with the priests, are from people that were molested 20, 30, 40 years ago. Pedophiles have been around since the fucking dawn of time. You hear about it more now due to the news and social media. But there was kids being abducted and murdered and raped back in the early days. It wasn't just like a day come along like say 2012 all of a sudden someone put fucking water in the pedophile garden all these pedophiles just fucking grew out of nowhere it's like they've been around forever it's just that back then people paid more attention to their kids kids were taught about shit most kids these days it's safer because nearly every kid's got a fucking phone on them or they're going out with their friends with phones and some sort of communication there's cc fucking tvs on nearly every shop every corner on the road so these parents will say, well, I wouldn't let my kid walk to school. They could get abducted. They could have got abducted back in the old days. It was worse back then. Like I said, back then they didn't have all this shit. Look at police work now with DNA and forensics and all this sort of shit. They can find things a lot quicker than they could back then. And yet, like I said, everyone's just wrapping their kids in cotton wool and making this society of fucking pansy, fucking depressed, fucking God knows what. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, it's just... Uh... It's it's a lot of it's paranoia because uh-huh. the media is so fucking horrible. And I go on about the media. People probably are like, "Shut the fuck up, dude." I, I go on about the media on almost every show that I do. This one, Ancestor Bodybuilding, because uh-huh. I just think it's like it's it's like the antithesis of everything that's wrong with developed countries. I feel like the media that's is like because Jeff. That's because it is <laughs> fake news. Fake right. News, not only is fake, it fake, fake <laughs> it's it's not only fake, but it's like detrimental brainwashing uh-huh. nonsense. Like it's fucking. Oh yeah. And, and I it's like believe it. That's on the news. It must be true. It must be real. It's on the news. And I don't have cable because I fucking hate cable. It's just garbage. Um, but I had cable my whole life as a kid. You know, growing up, we always had cable, always. And uh, it wasn't until probably. I was maybe 23 or 24 that I stopped watching cable. So 23 to th- I'm 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 going to be 30 here pretty soon in 10 days. So in like 7 years I pretty much had no cable. So it's like the thing where if you if you see someone every day, every single day, you don't notice them changing, but if you don't uh-huh. see them for 5 years, the change is like holy shit, you look way, you know, it's like that with cable too. I haven't been, watched cable for like you know, almost a decade. So now when I do, I can see how much worse it's gotten. It's like such putrid fucking garbage <laughs> that I, I, can't, I, I can't watch it. I literally, I, I try to sit through it and I'm like, I can't, someone has to turn this shit off. Like, this is fucking absurd. And I, I just imagine the millions and billions of people watching the same shit and taking it to heart and watching it over and over again. 
and the way it's just making it's just turning society into this like this fucking blob of shit <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's pretty much like I said. It's brainwashing. You go back to what was it the day of um, was it Orson Welles or one of them that did that fucking radio announcement back in the days? Remember about the War of the Worlds and everyone actually believed that the fucking aliens were. Attacking. Oh yeah, that was a good book. Yeah, but remember the actual story behind that where he was actually yeah. on the radio. Yeah. Was talking about it, reading it, and actually people thought it was true because it was on the radio. People going into mass hysteria, hysteria. Panic him thinking the fucking aliens were actually fucking attacking and are just reading more of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, it's like that movie. It's like that movie too. Remember a movie years ago called Wag the Dog? I'm not familiar. Wag uh, the Dog. Funny. Yeah, you have to look at it. I think it's pretty sure it's Al Pacino. I'm not sure if Jack Nicholson was in it, but it had to do with like they just made up a fake war and put it on the news and this and that. And I think in the end, one of them had to get killed because it was going to come out that that's all bullshit and made up. Yeah, it's called Wag the Dog. Have a look at it. From what I recall, it's That's how our media all. is. They make up yeah, fake just, shit. Yeah, they told us that... Listen, I was told in seventh grade... I'll never forget this. In seventh grade... I'm 30 years old, so seventh grade... I don't fucking know. They said, they said, Jeff, you're never going to amount to anything. Is that what they said? Oh, yeah, they said that, and they're right. Uh, but... um. Uh, but what they I, I remember being told that you can die from one hit of marijuana. <laughs> I was told that in seventh grade. We're talking twenty years ago, right? Like what I mean, and that's like that's how it is now with like steroids. I mean, people have come around on marijuana. Nobody thinks you can die from a hit of marijuana. You can't die from any amount of marijuana. It's probably Don't not touch marijuana. Don't touch marijuana, young kids. Stick to healthy cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. And fucking high fructose corn syrup and goddamn fucking alcohol, but yeah, it's like the the way the media, it's it's it like is our education basically, and whatever they want people to believe, they basically believe, you know, like how steroids are a perfect example. Like people think the stuff people, yeah. the stuff normal people say about steroids is fucking outrageous. They're like, oh man, like you, this happens and that happens. It's like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? What do you like? When have you ever seen that happen to anyone? Like people acting like Chris Benoit killed his family because he was on steroids. What about the uh-huh. billion other people on steroids? You morons! Like it's exactly. it's craziness. Their whole roid rage thing. I said the amount of people on steroids in America, every gym, every night would be like a fucking UFC fight going on. People were just belting the fuck out of each other. That's just the whole. What thing about the millions like of people who have rage and fucking kill other people who can't even? They don't even know what steroids are. Like, don't be stupid. Like, like it's just so insane that they might people... they might have known someone who knew someone that goes to the gym that's taking steroids, Jeff, and it sort of rubbed off on them. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just feel like that's that the whole uh, the whole idea of I like exactly what you just said that movie is exactly how American media, and it sounds like Australia too, that's how the media is. Like, it just makes shit up. Like you said, these guys made up a fake war. Like, this is how, like, I, I, I think the whole terrorism thing is fucking, it's a facade. It's a it's fucking bullshit. Like, oh, ISIS, ISIS kills five people showed, and, um, and fucking stupid. Was it, was it Fox or um, whatever it showed them... Um, doing those beheading things where it was made up. 
Did you ever see that where they faked it? They paid a producer to do all this stuff. I didn't see that on Fox. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. Here, right, Wag the Dog. It was done in 1997. In a 29-day shoot, Barry Levinson filmed the 15 million dollar political and media satire adapted by. That's um, two weeks two weeks prior to the re-election of president. He's accused of cornering an underage girl in the Oval Office to keep the media from learning of this. Presidential advisor Ian Hayes brings in plea consultant and spin doctor Robert De Niro, a specialist in such a salvage operation. He suggests fabricating denials of the non-existent emergencies, such as denials about the B-3 bomber. Denial, of course, is true since the B-3 bomber exists. Then he visits the mansion of Hollywood producer Dustin Hoffman and gives him the assignment to create a patriotic campaign centered around the war in Albania. See, and then he assembles a creative team, says who they are, the trendsetter, Dennis Leary and songwriter Willie Nelson's in it, treated like an ad campaign. The songs and symbols are transmitted directly from a Hollywood soundstage to CNN. The star of the campaign is a rescued pilot, in reality a psychotic military prisoner, Woody Harrelson, who's a ticking time bomb. The flag-waving song, The American Dream, was written by... Uh, so there you go. So that's what it's about. But it's actually a good movie. And I oh. remember in the end, it's sort of a black comedy drama thing. I think in the end, too, I'm not sure if it's Hoffman or De Niro. I remember going to the limousine and having to go because I think you pretty much know that they're going to get killed because they don't want it all leaked out, that, you know, that it was all... They knew too much about it. Yeah, but they create this whole bullshit war and all this shit to cover up the presidential's fucking affair or whatever he did with an underage girl or something. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so easy to see that happening in modern society. They could they could do that very, very easily. I mean, uh-huh. all you have to do is... I don't know. It's, it just would not be difficult at all for the media to fabricate something huge that's completely untrue. I mean... It wouldn't be hard, you know. No, they, as soon as it hit, and as soon as it hits TV, people are going to believe it. Right. Of course, because some random stranger speaking out of a box in your living room is definitely prime time fucking information. Mm-hmm. Momos. So, uh, what else were we talking about? Um, I guess that's it, huh? Um. You uh you made a post recently about how you're gonna give the weights a break and just do cardio. Yes, I've been doing that. Yes, I go into the gym and first thing I do is 45 minutes on the treadmill. I get off the treadmill, then I might go and pick a machine or do something and just go, oh yeah, just some light pushing stuff or whatever. Then I'm like, oh, that's it, then I leave. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, still no word on the surgery? No. No, not even thinking about it anymore. I'm getting depressed. I'm going to need medication if I think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll send you over some of these uh, good American... Zoloft uh, or something. Comatose pills. Mm -hmm. Zoloft. Are you feeling depressed or down? I know. I just remember those commercials would come on TV. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Craziness. With, like, the fucking... It'll have, like, a flower with, like, a sad face on. Yeah. That's and then, like, it'll show the Zoloff box, and then it'll be, like, this bright, sunny day, and, like, all these happy critters. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, have you, uh... Have you lost any weight? Um, I'm, like... I weighed myself about 95, 96 kilos. Okay, so about... Mm. Was that 205, something like that? Sure, I don't know. Let me see on my calculator. Say 9, 9, 2.2. 211. 211. 211. Huh. Yeah, so... uh. I think that uh, people really um, people really responded to that that statement, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some. Echo said for now. I said for now until that means right. until the surgery's done and I feel better and stuff like that. Because going to the gym just trying to do shit, I walk in there, I'm just like, oh, can I think I better do that? And sure enough, I can't do it, so I try something else. So. I just keep getting pissed off because I couldn't do shit. And then by the time I went to do cardio, I'm like, I don't feel like doing cardio now. So now I do the opposite. I go do cardio for longer time and then maybe just light machines, cables for 30 minutes, and then I'm out of there. So that's the that's the new approach for now. <laughs> it sounds almost like my approach, minus the cardio. Mm. But uh, Exactly. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching the video about... It's an older Sam's fitness video where you're talking about um, your strength and people calling you out saying you're a liar about how much you bench and squat and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was interesting when you said, I think that you basically shut him down when you said, listen, if I would have gone into powerlifting, I would have been a champion powerlifter. I would have been one of the greatest powerlifters. You know, like I just what I was meant to do. I thought that was funny how... It's like, oh, yeah, well, I guess that makes sense, you know? You just choke. I, mean, I think a lot of bodybuilders are like that. I think Ronnie uh-huh. is like that. If Ronnie was a powerlifter, he would have, he would have, de- you know, pretty much destroyed anyone. Yeah, I see you always get those experts on, you know, they're the type of the same people like, well, if I can't do that weight, there's no way he can and anyone else can. So, <laughs> who, who, who was saying that? Was it Boston Lloyd again? <laughs> that's his type of stuff did you hear Boston Lloyd um, died his comments about not yet that's coming oh. uh, his comments about Frank Zane uh, I didn't I saw something I don't know if it was his but I saw something about he said something about Zane or someone could have been somebody else saying what he said saying something about um, him being skinny or he didn't look good or some. Something along those lines. I just grabbed yeah. the gist of it. He basically was like, I don't understand why everyone's so obsessed or everyone's so into Frank Zane. He's small and soft, <laughs> you know. But the <laughs> kid's just a fucking moron. Like, listen, he he's he competed in the fucking 70s and 80s. Like, obviously, he's small and soft compared to the guys today, you mm-hmm. fucking clown. That's not the point. Like, but even but even still back then he still looked good. It wasn't like a, I wouldn't call him soft and a lot of his stuff he looked good to me, but it's a totally different look and I think there's still a lot of people if you compared Frank Zane to a lot of guys today, people would prefer his look. 
Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, I understand, like, he's not, I don't know. I don't think Frank Zane was, um, like, as attainable as people think, you know. I don't think mm-hmm. he was as, I think he was better than people understand because it's not like we get to see him on stage or see any really good photos of him. It's all, like, old shit. And I don't, I don't, I don't think people understand how good he actually was. I mean, he won the Olympia three times. I don't think, I think if we, I think if people saw him in person at his best, they'd be surprised at how good he looked. You know. Yeah. I mean, Boston Lloyd could take, (laughs) Boston Lloyd at his best look ever would get smoked by Frank Zane, in my opinion, especially because of the fucking like it wouldn't even. I don't care how big Boston is or how much fucking oil he has in his arms and delts. I don't. Frank Zane with his like V taper and his legs would just I think he'd smoke him. Yep. Yeah, well it's funny as someone like Boston just I don't know, he just talks shit about nearly everyone. And everyone he talks shit about it is that people that have all accomplished something and done well in bodybuilding. It's just like he's not just picking a random guy who's never competed and looks shit and going, This guy's shit. He's actually picking champions, guys that are all one pro shows or like Zane, it's won Olympias and stuff like that. They've actually done something in the sport, and he's saying, "Oh, there's shit that is that." It's like, but what the fuck have you done, Boston? But yet, it's like crazy. Okay, if you're Mr. Olympia, okay, and you want to talk shit about someone, okay, you've got the right. Yeah, you have the right to, but at least you can say, "Well, I'm better than them because I'm Mr. Olympia." But when you're just a bag of shit and you put down people that have actually done more than you, I don't get it. Right. It's and it's like I don't know. I think it's I think it's specific to this industry too because you don't see that elsewhere i mean i just can't imagine like a young i don't even know like somebody who's into football like american football being you know talking shit about one of the old timers like jim brown or one of the guys who oh he could it's just just like it's like bodybuilding is the only sport where that bullshit goes on like Mm-hmm. For him to talk shit about you would be like, I don't even know. It'd be like a a Division three basketball player talking shit about Allen Iverson. Like, what do you, what do you like? You're not even in the same stratosphere. It's like you guys do the same thing, except he is like a world champion, elite legend, and you're just a fucking Momo that can't do shit. It's just like. What what is that? You know, and people listen to him. It's fucking retarded. But it's only I feel like it's only in bodybuilding. That doesn't happen in other sports. You don't have like I mean I guess a little bit, but not to the same extent in the same like uh I guess I don't know. I don't I don't see that in other sports where there's such there's like this these disrespectful people garnering all kinds of attention. Yeah, I so I just don't get it. I think even I know other sports, you know, people like someone can watch a sport and be critical of a player or if they have a bad game and stuff. But, you know, bodybuilding for some reason on boards, internets, where someone will put up a video of me and then I'll be like a video of me. There's been a few went up last week, stars of bodybuilding on Facebook, puts them up, whatever. And then people are like, oh, he's this, that, he's a great bodybuilder. Then out of the blue. Fucking steroids, fucking this and that, steroid abuse and midget fucking tattoos. It's like, and then you look at these, <laughs> yeah. then you look at these, and I click on these people's profiles, and I'm thinking, these people look like they've never stepped foot in the gym, have nothing to do with bodybuilding whatsoever. 
So why the fuck are you even commenting on what, what the hell are you actually doing on a bodybuilding fucking board? I just don't fucking get it. Like yeah, I said I don't. I don't like golf, but I don't go over under the golf boards and fucking just bag out people for the fucking fun of it. You know, it's like Jesus, get a life, people. Right. It's it's pretty interesting how that that whole dichotomy goes goes about in bodybuilding. How you have these people who are like just here to say things like that. Oh, steroid midget. It's like what the fuck are you like? <laughs> I, I just don't understand like. What what is what is the thought process there? Like, are you just? I don't I don't know if it's like extreme jealousy or just feeling really insecure about yourself or what. But it's just like you would never see in any other sport that would just not happen. You wouldn't see like a, a video of like Magic Johnson and someone say, "Oh, tall, big, tall, black guy, reet idiot." You know, it's like what? Like this is nobody would ever say that. It's just fucking stupid. I don't know if it's like the the re, it's probably because bodybuilding's not it, it kind of lives through forums and shit because it's so small and when you have forums and this idea of your screen name being you know big dick seventy five it's kind of like I guess you know it's different because I don't know I think people are just insecure and jealous and they just bash other people so hard. Uh, YouTube is the worst. Like YouTube, you could have any bodybuilder in history on there saying whatever you want them to say. It doesn't matter. And there would be people who comment with these such negative comments that it's like, what? What is that? Like, what are you even drug addict fucking loser? <laughs> it's like, what? You know, and then it's like oh, yeah. these yeah. world champion athletes who have dedicated their life to something and, and, and gotten like, you know, been very successful. Drug addict fucking steroid loser. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just oh, yeah. uh, I say you, you get all the good ones, and in between they jump up, or it's just all those comments. I'm thinking, why, why, why even bother? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like crazy. The only person in the industry I've really like bashed is Boston Lloyd. Um, I mean, I guess Rich Piana too, just because they both I think are like, um, I think they're both like, just what's wrong with with bodybuilding. I just, I look, I look at it like, so, you know, 20 years ago, bodybuilders were looking up to, um, Arnold and, you know, Stallone, Lee Haney, these like epic men. And now they're looking up to Boston Lloyd and Rich Piana. So where does that leave Mm -hmm. the industry? Think about it. I mean, who really, if you have a 19 year old wannabe bodybuilder, who's coming up in the industry right now or 18 and he's really into training, who is he going to stumble upon in our industry? It's going to be fucking Rich Piana and these clowns. And that's like the worst thing you could ever happen. I mean, who? there's no worse person to get bodybuilding advice from than fucking Rich Piana. I mean, come on now. Well, that's, a, that's a sad thing because you go to these expos these days and you could have someone like Samir Banu or Lee Haney and all them. I'm sure they're going to have lines, but yet you're going to have someone like the Pianas and Boston Lloyd idiot going to have a huge line there just because for some reason idiots are drawn to him. So you're going to have someone here of all the knowledge in the world, eight times it's going to be Leah Haney, got half the people that Boston Lloyd has. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is, what, where did this fucking go wrong all of a sudden? Like, what happened to this sport? Yeah. Like, fucking hell, you get a YouTube channel, you go in there and talk rubbish at 
show yourself injecting and blah 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 and people fucking follow you and want to know all about drugs and garbage like that it's just and the biggest on mind <laughs> one of the biggest uh, bodybuilding magazines ever is fucking not paying their people and bankrupt and shit and we got Boston Lloyd and it's a mess <laughs> it's strange we need Lee Priest back yes yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into these questions. This guy, Christopher. Christopher. Hopefully you know what he's talking about because I'm not really sure. Can you discuss uh, more uh, about... <laughs> you haven't told me yet. Can you discuss more about the picture Samir no. Banut posted about you don't need steroids to get that big? You wrote something about learning to control your mind? Question mark. Greetings from Sweden. Biggest, Your uh, biggest fan from Sweden. Um, let's try to remember. That seems like a whole abbreviation of what Samir wrote, but I think that was a picture. It could have been like from the back in those days where, you know, where people were, you know, the Frank Zane type look and stuff like that. I think he's just saying you don't need steroids to get a certain look. And I think I just commented saying, no, you don't. If you, I said, if you've got the genetics and you train properly and you, you what I've said before, you get the rest, the proper nutrition and train your ass off. You can build a great physique without the drugs, but then if you get to that point where you're going to need the drugs or take them because other pros are taken, and then it's only going to assist you. But so I was just saying, you know, you just got to use your fucking mind and believe that you can do it if you have everything else in place, like your genetics, your training, the nutrition. Then you can do it. Don't be one of those people that just goes, I can't get that big to build muscle. I got to take steroids. I got to take steroids. And then that's all you think about is taking steroids, and all you're worried about is taking steroids. So. I can't train without and this sort of stuff. I think that's what the gist of the thing was that I chimed in on. We got to get him on the show. Samia. Samia. Yes. I remember when he made that comeback at the Masters. I was really excited to see him, but he didn't really show up that great. He looked pretty impressive, though, mm-hmm. for a 53-year-old or whatever it was at the time. Yeah, still looks pretty good today, Samia. Keeps in shape. Speaking of which, Kevin Lavrone is out there uh, squatting 450 for reps. What do you think about that? I saw that. I saw him doing the full plate, see? More than I'm doing. <laughs> Lee, who do you think who do you think has better genetics for the sport of bodybuilding, you or Kevin? Uh, hard to say. I think we both, in our own way, have the genetics, so it's hard to say. You know, whether he's a better than mine. I know at the moment his mindset's probably a lot better than mine. So I think if you've got that good genetics where you can, like, you know, he took that time off and he came back. I took off those seven years and came back on the universe. So my mind was in it then. So I think a lot of it, you can have the genetics and you can have everything. That's where it comes back to what I posted on thing. If you don't have that mindset and the believing in yourself and having that I can do this and having that mindset to push yourself through the pain, get over those obstacles where – Okay, as you're getting older too, the weights might not be the same as you lifted when you're younger, so that can sometimes be depressing, or you might have to change your training to suit your body because things are changing. So it's hard to say. I'm sure we both have great genetics, so it's just like I said, a lot of it can come down to your mental attitude and sometimes more than the fucking genetic side once you're, or if you've got the good genetics already, then it could come down to, you know, if two people had the same genetics, say you had two twins and their genetics were exactly the same, then it's just going to come down to their mental attitude. You know, somebody could really want it bad, and all they do is train, sleep, and live their lifestyle. Someone, the other brother could train, but then he likes to do a little bit of partying on the side and this and that. He might not have that mental toughness. So 
Agreed. the way I had some mental toughness, he's going to be a lot better champion than the one who's just fucking around. Do you think – I wrote an article about this because I, I always – people talk about physical genetics, but they rarely talk about mental genetics. Like uh-huh. I don't think – I think how strong your mindset is is mostly genetic. I don't think that people are like you know, someone who can really push themselves super hard. I don't know if that's – I guess you could teach yourself that, but I think a lot of that's also genetic. So, But people don't yeah, usually yeah. talk about that. They talk about how – I think you can teach you to have a bit of mental toughness, because you know, like when guys go in the thing. But I guess I think deep down it's in your makeup where some people can block pain out a lot more than others. Some people can go to that zone where I don't want to do those high rep shit. I just black out. It's like yeah, I can feel it's hurting, but then I think about nothing. I could just stare at a wall or stare at the machine and just see nothing. It's almost like if somebody asked me what was I thinking about or what was I doing, I'd be like, I haven't got a clue. It's almost like an out-of-body experience where you just yep. don't realize, you know, you're doing something, I'm pushing a weight, but yet I'm sort of, it's almost like you've left your body and it's just on autopilot. So I guess that's the same with in the military and stuff like that. You have those guys who, who can become, you know, the top SAS guys and here in Australia and whatever, or those, you know, the ones that go through and become the top Marines and stuff who go into the, you know, you have those things where they go to the hard training, you have the guys that can go through that training and be pushed to the limit and they they have a breaking point everybody does but yet they can sort of go further and okay even with the pain and everything else they can sort of have that mental toughness to go past whereas a lot of guys will drop out and you think okay a lot of guys in the military you're talking about an elite you know special elite force team there where i'm sure they're all tough but then it's like you said when you're talking about the toughest of the tough it's going to come down to that mental toughness and like you said some people can just do it a lot better than others, blocking it out and go to those places and not think about it. Or you know, sure, you still feel it, but yet it doesn't bother them as much as others. Whereas some person could feel the pain and then go into panic mode and stuff like that. Whereas others can feel the pain. I say they're in a situation where you're trapped somewhere and you get shot or behind enemy lines if you're in the military. Some people can be like, okay, I assess the situation. This is what I got to do to get out of it. I got to do this, 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 and this. And then you could have another person who is a good soldier, but yet when they get in that situation, could slowly start coming apart because of their mental toughness or the way they process stuff might not be as good as the other person. So if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I do understand what you're saying. I did. I had a similar... Good, then explain it to me because I haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are... I think people's mindsets are like... I don't know. I think, I think it's a lot about... Um, removing like negative thoughts when you're trying to do something. Like I remember when I was powerlifting before, before doing a, like a max lift at a meet, there was no, like I never thought about how heavy the weight was going to be. I never thought about the people watching. I never not thought about my, I never thought about anything except that weight's going to fucking come off the floor. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like there's no other in every single, there's no, nothing else was in my mind at all. All I thought about for those like that minute or so was that weight is gonna fucking come off the floor and that's it. That's that's all she yeah, wrote. Well, you that's, know? How, well, that's how it's gonna be. Cause I know when I used to squat heavy, all I'm thinking about is okay, I'm going under the bar. I'm gonna go down and come back up. Go down and come back up. Lately, when I was trying to squat again, or even a few years back, I'd get under the bar. I'd walk back and go, oh, that feels uncomfortable. I'd just go down for the first rep. Oh, that feels a little bit sore in my back or my knee. And 
like I said, once you start thinking other shit, you're fucking gone. You've lost it. There's no way you're going to do a yep. good set. Your mind's not in it. Like I said, when you go to do something, like you said, all you do is you, you know what you got to do and you go and do it. It's sort of like it becomes second nature to you. All I've got to do is just push the weight up, go back down, push the weight up. Once your mind starts thinking, I know when I used to squat sometimes and I'd have a good set, but then my next set, I'd go down for first rep and I'd feel like a little thing in my knee. And once I think, oh, my knee, and once my mind went to my knee, that was it. The whole set was fucked. It felt twice as heavy. I couldn't get into the zone to do it. I just put it mm-hmm. back and go, fuck it. That was a shit set. So, yeah, your mind, people don't understand how powerful your mind is. Like I said, but when you see those shows on, when they do experiments on the human mind and put electrodes on it, the small percentage of it that we actually use is fucking incredible compared to, like I said, if we could use, the, if we could unlock the mind and everything else, God, we could be moving things telepathically and God knows what else we could do. Yeah, I think that doubt is what makes us not use our entire mind because, like, you talk about the grandmother that picks up a car to save somebody, uh-huh. like. She didn't. She didn't all of a sudden get physically strong. That was. That was yeah. what happened. Was her mind totally, one hundred percent focused on doing one single thing? All her energy, power, everything in her being focused on one thing, and she was able to lift a car, which should never happen. You know. Whereas somebody trying to do in a normal situation, if you tried to do that. You're thinking about, oh, it's so heavy, I'm going to hurt my back. Uh-huh. How do I'm I never, grip I'm it? Never gonna, I'm never going to be able to do it. It's like, like you said, it's just, especially too, when they reckon when someone's in trouble or someone's pinned under a car, you don't think about it. The adrenaline right. kicks in, the mind kicks in, and all you're thinking is, I have to get this car off that exactly. person. Exactly. I have to get this off the person. And that's what you do. You go do it, you pick it up, and then when you put it down yourself, you're probably thinking, fuck, now how the hell did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's the mentality I tried to like get into when I was powerlifting, like there's no, there's no room for failure. When someone's getting crushed by a car, there's no room for failure. There's no, there's no thought of hurting your back. There's no thought of mm-hmm. not doing it or being hesitant. It's like 1000% effort. As he's, as he's laying on there getting crushed, you're like, mm-hmm. nah, nah, my back's a bit sore, mate. Hold <laughs> yeah. on, hold on, I'll try again. Man, it's going to be heavy. Nah, mate, nah. Uh, uh, hopefully ambulance gets you quick, mate. <laughs> yeah. Did I have enough carbs before I worked out? Did I have my creatine? Mm-hmm. You should have yeah. got me yesterday. Yesterday was my cheap, my refeed. After my refeed, I could have done it for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's another thing I used to do. I would go in the gym. Uh, I would I would go um, I would go fasted to the gym. Uh, it's like a you know how I don't know. It was a training strategy that I would do. I would go to the gym completely depleted and empty of food and deadlift, you know, 600 for reps just to like, I don't know. I felt like it like toughened, it made me stronger because now what am I going to be able to do with food in my system? You know, uh-huh. shit like shit like that. It's all in your fucking mind. It's all in your mind, you know, yeah. it's not all in your mind, but it's so much, especially strength well, is so much mental. Any, any elite athlete. Has to have some type of mental toughness in any sport they're given because just be able to push yourself in no matter what chosen field you've chosen. And that's why Derek Arnold's so successful. Even in some of his books, he talks about that mental toughness that he had in bodybuilding. He put that same determination and mental toughness into his acting, into politics, you know, saying, I'm going to do it, I can do it, and went out and did it. Whereas people say, Oh, you can't do it, and shit like that. As long as he believed in himself that he could do it and he was going to do it, and he went and done it. Right, yeah. It's like if you're going to do a poo, you say, I'm going to do a poo. 
and your stomach's sore, you go to the toilet, you don't have to think about it, the shit would just come out. But if you say you're not going to do a poo, and it won't come <laughs> out, then you have a big stomach ache for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's, that's just like that, Jim. It's all in your head, whether you're pooing or lifting. Exactly. F, F James, 420. F James? F James. Is that like fuck The James priest. <laughs> what is the most effective method of bulking? Eat. <laughs> there it is. I find eat. eating is probably the best. Yep. Or you can put a backpack on with some bricks in the back of it and some lots of clothing, and that can make you look a bit bulkier, but... Depending on the weather, you get pretty hot. But I've always found over my years of training and trials and tribulations, if I wanted to put weight on, I just ate a lot of food. Yes, yeah, so I'd, I'd recommend that. I'd give that a go. Nice. I can't be more plainer than that. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, one of the things that Rich Rich Piana said that I really like. Probably the only thing he's ever said that I really liked. Are those your antidepressant pills? I'm shaking the salt on the cashew nuts inside a glass jar. That could have been, guess what Lee's doing? What's this? <laughs> cashew nuts. Oh, I can't put many in there. But yeah, I, one I, thing... I, uh, buy them, I buy them just a snack on because they've got salt on them, then I might have some, and then you keep having them just because it's got salt on it. I yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge salt addict. I love salt. Mm-hmm. Um... But Rich Piana once said, he talks about eating and how people will be like, oh, I eat so much and I don't gain weight. And he's like, well, you got to eat more. <laughs> and they're like, well, I eat a ton. And it's like, I don't – listen to me. It doesn't matter how much you're eating. I don't care. If you're not gaining uh-huh. weight, you have to eat more, period. That's it. There's nothing else to discuss. And I people I, – when I was – like where I grew up, people always asked me for – fucking advice and stuff and I would tell them that they're like well I already eat a ton I'm like okay well if you're just gonna tell me that then oh Uh you're not gonna Uh gain weight I guess you have to eat more if you're not gaining weight it's that simple like don't tell me how much you're already eating I don't care how much you're already eating (laughs) whatever they're eating then they need to add in a couple of those fucking weeder mega mass 5000 shakes there you go (laughs) free at Emma there's an extra 15,000 calories you'll start gaining weight gaining something ugh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this guy uh man i can't say this name fabio cacarodudo dido uh he calls you monster lee priest are you yeah. coming to the arnold classic brazil this year or not no i haven't no. been invited i've never been asked so i'm guessing no Negatory on that. I don't even get invited or go to the Arnold Classic in Australia. Actually, Black Skull did ask me the other day, would I be able to go? I said, well, why wouldn't I be? Because the people who are thinking about bringing Black Skull into the country will have a booth there. They're not going to have Black Skull there, but they're going to have a booth there. And I asked him, I said, well, here's an idea. Why don't you ask Tony Doherty and see if I'm welcome to go there? I couldn't say why I wouldn't be because he says he's my friend and it's an expo. So, But sometimes you just don't want to go anyway because it's just bodybuilding people walking around like <laughs> do you think he'll say yes don't know it'd be interesting to see wouldn't it yeah i don't know i feel like tony is a i don't know i find it hard to believe that he would say no because of political stuff like he doesn't seem that's i don't know he just doesn't seem like that type of guy he seems more like a straight shooter but who knows mm-hmm. um this is a good one caleb dean 92 
If you had to choose your favorite bodybuilder from today's ranks, who would it be? Please well, don't answer. I don't have one. Well, what's my answer? <laughs> I don't have one. My favorite bodybuilder. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Well, well, he's not really doing the Olympic anymore, but I, I'd, I'd probably say Kai if he got his act together and come in, like I said before, super shredded and hard and that. He's the one I'd like to see who I believe could win the Olympia if he got his act together. So I'd probably have to say Kai Green. If I, because I can't say none. So I'd say Kai. Interesting. I think it would be very, very, very entertaining to see, uh, like, a you and Kai Green kind of go back and forth. I think that'd be very interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh... He actually had a pretty cool video on Generation Iron with uh, I wrote a, I don't know, it was interesting, I guess. I guess cool is not the right word. With uh, Steve Weinberger, where they're talking about, like, the... Kai's basically saying that bodybuilding's dying, and Steve's saying it's not. Have you, did you see that? No, I haven't seen that bit. Is, that, is this for the new Generation Iron 2? Or is it just... Is that, uh, is that really is happening? Yeah, I saw the preview. Actually, the preview looks a bit better than the first one, but... Or is that just where they do that filming in the well, East Coast Mecca, whatever it is? The the preview for the first one looked good too, so that's that's no. <laughs> oh, then that was shit. Um, but yeah, it was kind of interesting. Uh, Steve Weinberger was I don't know. Um, it, this, I guess I don't know the stuff he was saying. I don't. I don't. I was more on Kai's side. I think he was more accurate, but Steve Weinberger is, who knows. He's Steve Weinberger. <laughs> I'll have to find it and have a watch. Um, Papa Pump, why sell all your trophies? Oh, God. If people, like, I put them on there to sell, and people go, oh, you need money, you break. I'm like, fuck, how many times have I got to say it? They've been in storage since fucking, well, the younger trophies have been in storage since fucking... 89, 86, 87, before some of these people who are asking me why am I selling them before you come to a born, they've been sitting there. I mean, every time I move, I go from storage to storage. They're not out. They're always put away. So I figured, why not sell them? No, I don't need the money, but extra cash always comes in handy if you do want it or want to go to have fun. I'd rather have the cash and go on a holiday and have some trophies sitting in a box in a storage shed gathering dust, whereas if a fan thinks, hey, I like these trophies, I can buy that and put it up somewhere that gives them inspiration and say, that I'd rather them have it than me just having it sit there. I don't need it, no. I've got the memories, I've got photos of the trophies. If I want to put them up, I'll put up the photos in a frame. Much easier to dust and move them around than actually moving the trophies themselves. So that is why I said yeah. people are like, oh, how can you do that sentimental? Look, I'm not materialistic. It's a trophy. It doesn't matter. Uh, until I get Alzheimer's, I can still remember the contest. I can remember how I felt and all that sort of garbage. So I do not need just a piece of glass or wood sitting somewhere going, oh, look at that. That's my trophy when I won that. Oh, look at that trophy over there. That's when I won that. Blah, blah, blah. You want to fucking wear a fucking T-shirt around too. We've missed the fucking universe road on it and shit like that. Just so people know because I can't carry my trophies everywhere. I'm not that fucking into myself that I need to keep that shit. <laughs> like if someone yeah. gave, like my when I was after the universe, I got this really nice gladiator trophy. It says presented to Lee Priest, Mr. Universe, for guest posing at a thing that I would keep. And um, <coughs> excuse me, 
what I've just posted on Lonnie Tepper, he's given me plaques and appreciation of this and that, those sort of things I keep, you know, that people that give me for either a gift or doing some sort of appearance somewhere, but the actual trophies and contests that I've done, and that, I don't care about that, no. So to me, it's like, you know, when I, Mr. Olympia medals I've given away, I could put one Mr. Olympia medal around my grandfather before, around his neck, when he had the open coffin, so he was buried with one of them, so... Yeah, for me, it's just like stuff that I don't worry about hanging on to. I often figured that because I gave my grandfather that Olympia medal one day, someone's going to dig him up, up one day and find his bones with the Olympia medal and think that he's Mr. Olympia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, who, who is this guy? Owen Kelly. Mm-hmm. When, did he win, when did he win the Olympia? That's funny. I actually was going to ask you if you have any, like, memorabilia that maybe is not a trophy that you that you do, like, has a special meaning to you but you just answered it so yeah yeah, yeah more, i think more that stuff like that i've got like a plaque when i was living in texas and i'm um, signed by bush president bush making me honorary texan so things like that and then when i was up in um alaska doing appearances up there i went out the fort wayne right and they gave me this um thing when i went to the sniper thing they gave me this case opened up it's got like the little american seal in it and then the fort wayne right bear emblem or whatever it was and then the sniper rifle type badge thing in this nice little leather case so things like that that people give me i keep but just the actual trophies themselves that i've won it's just like nah, i won them i, I did it i was there i remember it so nah, so it doesn't really mean much to me like i said i can remember it all but gifts like that other people give me i appreciate them and they're the things that i like, hold on to right i don't think people don't i mean i don't know <clears throat> this guy who asked this question, I don't know if he's like really very good at anything, but when you're really good at something like that gives trophies, you end up getting so many fucking trophies. Like I only, I haven't, when I was a power lifter, I was very good and I didn't do that many competitions, but I have fucking trophies out the ass just Uh because like, it's, it's just, I don't know when you're good at something and I can't even imagine. I could have sold a lot more because I had, Oh, shit, I probably binned about 20 trophies. I just pulled them all apart and threw them in the bin. But what I did do was, you know, on the front where it might say first place such and such division, Mr. Australia, or first place state title, blah, blah, blah. I took all those little name plates off the front, so I've got like 20 or 30. And what I might eventually do is get like a wooden plaque made up and then just have all those little name plates stuck on the plaque. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, because, right, yeah, like you end up – you accumulate so many fucking trophies and they're just like pieces oh. of metal or plastic. And it's like, I think, I don't know. It's like living in the past. Like I have trophies in my office. Like I'm looking at them right now. Uh, and it's just, even look at them now having this conversation, they kind of seem foolish shit in there. Like it's almost <laughs> like, it's just like, it, I don't is know. It, that... Is it sitting, is it sitting beside your dunce of the year award? Dunce of the year. What's that? You know, dunce. You need to be like dunce in the class that's in the corner of the dunce hat on. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I guess. There's but I guess strength. there's, I don't know, there's there's certain things, I, I guess, like, for my first competition, like, the plaque I got there, I guess, is sort of special. But even that is really, it's really not. Like, the memory of it is so much more powerful than this fucking stupid plaque that says, you know, first place deadlift. I don't know, 2006. <laughs> but, 2006, that's not that long ago. That was my first meet, 2006. Oh, my God. That's, that's 11 years one. ago. I, I was... Just uh, sold, I just sold my Ironman trophy to a guy in Cincinnati, Ohio. I got to send it off Monday. 
And that was 2006. Yeah. I got another yeah, I was trophy 19. here, guys, guys, coming to pick it up tomorrow. And it says, sponsored by Southern Cross Hotels, 1986 UBBA Sydney Bodybuilding Classic, first place schoolboys division, Lee Priest. My very first trophy. People are like, why did you get that for? Why did you get that for? Because I got a photo of me helping, and that needs a trophy. It's been school, <laughs> thing. It's the first. I got it out today and cleaned it up for the first time. It seemed to light a day in God knows how long. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Uh, everything is peachy. What is your favorite cycle? Uh, life cycle. They're pretty good. Do they still make life cycles? I like them. Uh, probably. My favorite cycle. What sort of questions that? I don't have a favorite cycle. It's not like I take a bit of gear and go oh shit that's it let me write this down fucking dear diary this is my favorite cycle fucking decker diana ball and god knows what no, i don't have a favorite cycle it's stuff when it comes to drugs i think that okay to be competitive in the pro ranks when everyone else has great genetics and you have good genetics and they're on gear you got to take gear it's just like that you had to do it was something that i loved doing or thought yeah i can't wait to go on a cycle and do this and do that oh i love this combination i hear guys saying oh, fuck yeah, I love stack and trend and this and shit. I'm like, get a fucking life, people. It's like, you know, having it in, in my day-to-day life, I never think about steroids or taking them or want to take them. The only time I think about it is when somebody writes, oh, steroids on a comma. I go have a laugh because I see the word steroid and think, oh, that's a good fucking comment. Never heard that before. So that even come <laughs> in my daily thoughts, steroids. <laughs> I was like, I don't have a favorite cycle because – to this day, steroids and taking drugs or talking about drugs has never fucking interested me. It's got to be the most mundane thing. And when I see people, on, even on the Australian boards, I think I did my first cycle, what should I take? And everyone gives them their advice or on about this or something else about drugs. I'm thinking, fuck hell, mate, just go on. If you want to try it, go try it. Trial and error. No one's going to know your body better than you. It's like when I did bodybuilding, the training, the eating, the dieting. You have to do it to learn. Get into the guru. People get gurus. What's that guru? Now, that guru doesn't train, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's pretty much basically just using you as a fucking experiment. Hey, eat this. How does that work? Hey, you're looking good. Okay, eat a bit more. Okay, that's too much. Take that out. Hey, take these drugs. Hey, you're feeling strong. Are you getting harder? No, no, you're getting puffy and watery. Okay, let's cut that drug back. Here, add this drug in. It's just a fucking experiment. They don't fucking know. You know. It just takes time. So over the years, you fucking learn what works for your body whether it be food, whether it be supplements, whether it be vitamins, whatever, whether it be the steroids, you, you're going to find out and know what works for you, what makes you feel good, what makes you look good. Write it down so you can keep track of it if you must. So you don't need gurus. You don't need it going online asking people what drugs should I take, what combinations should I take, because what they take might not be what works for you. So fuck me dead, people. Just give, have patience. Bodybuilding takes time. Just fucking have the patience and take your time and do it properly and learn for yourself. Don't ask 101 million people what you should fucking take in the dosages and shit because they don't know either. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. too bad that the the whole uh, the whole steroid thing. I think the I think part of the reason that our industry is or that bodybuilding is doing so poorly. Is because with the emergence of social media, oh, you have this amazing. drug issue. Like, before, like even when I first got into bodybuilding 10, 11 years ago, 
There was no like steroid talk. Like I watched uh-huh. Battle for the Olympia, and the guys weren't talking about their fucking trend. It was like you and uh, you know Cormier and fucking Delat and these guys. Like you guys didn't talk about your cycles. You talked about your uh-huh. sodium. You talked about offs. Like, and uh-huh. now it's aiding, like the first training. Yeah, yeah. The that's first crazy. thing now is steroids, and that's like it's just like a high school football player juicing to be a running back. Like you suck. If you no, had to do that, before, you're terrible. And before, you had, and before you had the forums, there wasn't, you know, the odd occasion there might have been in Muscle and Fitness or Flex magazine, there might have been the very odd fucking steroid article or drugs. That's not even in the magazines really until MD was the one that started coming up with or Muscle Mag with Chemical Corner and all these different things where they'd actually talk about it, people would write in. And then once the fucking forums popped up on the internet, then that's all people fucking talk about. You're going to have a topic on there where someone's actually being good, talking about training and dieting, and someone pipes in, yeah, but what drugs do you take? It won't work without the drugs. The fucking drugs are like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's stupid. Um, I don't really – this guy uh, – I'm just going to read his question. Maybe you know what he's talking about. It's another one of these ones. Mm-hmm. Mike's 06 Road King. I saw a video of you in Brazil taking photo ops. The dude that told you to take your shirt off and you came back with a tank top. My question is, did you leave the gym pissed off? No. That was for the reality series I did in Brazil. This was going back oh six or so. We're just traveling around Brazil for two weeks, doing appearances, seminars. I had to go to a big opening of a outdoor gym like Muscle Beach for the underprivileged kids and that the mayor of the town in Victoria and that was there to open it and then on the way back they said Ollie can you stop at a gym and say hi to some people so we go into this gym to say hi the next thing I turn up and there's tons of people waiting they're promoted that I'm going to be there I thought it was just a hi come in and say hello to this gym owner and the camera crews are there so I don't want to do an interview we can do so I do some training I'm getting annoyed now because they ask me some questions and can you take your shirt off? No, I'm not taking my shirt off. Oh, we want to take your shirt off. I'm not taking it off. So I went up the heaviest dumbbells that Jim had. I pumped out a set, put them on the ground, said, there you go. Oh, come on. I and I kept half and half. And I'm like, oh, fuck it, hell. So I said, I'm not taking it off. I said, give me a tank top, someone. And this guy who was sweating in the gym with a sweaty tank top gives me his tank top. I filled it with sweat. But then someone goes, oh, well, I'll get you another one. So they got me another one. So I put a tank top on and just did the fucking set again. And that was it. And then that was all. So I put my shirt on and left. I just hate being like. I saw that am- video. Am- I know ambushed, that yeah, ambushed with shit like that. It's just like you know, still, I was just still laughing to myself, but I just didn't think, oh fuck, now what he's want? You know, I just I'll play along with it. People, I think on the video it says Lee Freeze gets pissed off and annoyed, which I really wasn't. I was just sort of annoyed that they kept saying, take your shirt off, take your shirt off. But I did what they asked, and so that sort of thing is just the thing. If you don't, then you'll be an asshole. But yeah, I'm not one of these people. People think if you're a bodybuilder, you love posing and love flexing and. I saw someone put online, and he didn't comment on it once I commented back because someone put up some photos and that, and they go, oh, oh yeah, Lee Priest come to our gym. It must have been I was in England. Yeah, the guy's a fucking asshole. He, he come to do a seminar at their gym, and he wouldn't fucking take his shirt off. I'm like, all right, yes, because I come there to do a seminar. I wasn't there to do a contest. I wasn't there to do a guest posing or pose. I'm not one of those people that goes around flexing or, you know, doing, um, you know, whatever to – Whatever they say, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I uh, 
some people love the pose. Oh, I'll get my shirt off. Like, I don't like doing that. Even if someone says, can you flex your arm? I don't like doing that. To me, that just seems like showing off. I just right. not the type of person. If I'm on stage doing a contest, okay, yes, I'm going to do it on stage because that's what I have to do in the competition. But my everyday life, no, I'm not going to take my shirt off and flex an arm. I don't even like going to the beach taking my shirt off and then people look at me. You know, I just, I'm not that type of person. But yet, this guy's like, um, he was a fucking asshole because he wouldn't take his shirt off at the gym and pose for us. It's like, yeah, I don't like, like if, 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 if I can't Usain even Bolt imagine. Visit, imagine Hussein Bolt, if he comes to visit your gym, Hussein, go at the front and fucking sprint 100 meters. <laughs> See how fast gonna, you can run. He ain't going to fucking do He's that. He's going to tell you to fuck off. Yeah, it's like, Jesus. It's like, I can't imagine having a, a physique like yours because even with like the pathetic little muscle that I have, I think I don't like that shit either. I don't like taking my shirt off at the beach and I uh, thinking that, I don't know. I don't. I don't like that either. I don't. Well, you, you just know you're being judged. It could be a stinking hot day, like where it was here last week in the forties. Yes. Yeah. I could go somewhere and the thing I'm thinking, oh, gee, it'd be nice to take my shirt off, but I won't because as soon as I did, I look at him, steroids showing off, blah blah blah. You get a skinny guy, a guy who's fucking obese can take their shirts off, and no one says, boo, that's just normal. They're taking their shirt off because they're hot. Well, guess what, people? Just because I have muscles, I'm still fucking human. I get hot too, and I like to take my shirt off. I'm not doing it for any other reason. Apart from I'm fucking hot, but I don't because I don't want to be looked at, so I just sweat. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know. I think it's it comes with age a little bit too, but I don't know. I guess I'm not. I'm the same way. Like I train. But generally, generally the ones with a hoodie on name, almost every day. Yeah. But generally, the ones who give us the bad name are the ones who have that little bit of muscle, look like a fucking greyhound dying of fucking starvation, and they're the ones that <laughs> strut around with their sleeves rolled up, the tank tops on at the gym. That fucking lat syndrome, walking through the malls and shit. So people see that type of thing, go fuck, look at these bodybuilders' poses, and that gives everyone the fucking bad name. So when they see someone like me, who is just a fucking normal, everyday guy, oh, he's one of those bodybuilders, fucking ego, this and that. Like, no, that couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> right. So um, this is super random, but I just this just popped into my head. I heard uh, I recently heard an Australian kid say that um, he was talking about chocolate, and he said that American chocolate was fucking terrible. Can you relate to that? Is the chocolate in Australia way better than in America? Yeah, I think the chocolate in Australia and England is more, uh, how would you say, milky, creamy, just tastes richer. Whereas some of the chocolates I did have in America tasted sort of artificial, almost like a fake-type chocolate. Fake yeah, chocolate. I, you got fake chocolate with your fake fucking news in America. Yeah, <laughs> I could. Fake. <laughs> I could see that. I could totally see. Yeah, that. So I think I there were a couple of them that I had over there weren't bad, but whether they were American chocolates or not, I don't know. Or imported, but yeah, I have to find English, Amer- Australian, and some of the ones from um like German style chocolates over there. I think where it's just they use different oils or more milk milk solids or creamier type creams or whatever they put in it compared to there were a few in America that I had and I'm like oh this tastes more like the wrapper of chocolate coming than actual chocolate yeah because I think in America there's a lot of cheap chocolate and it just tastes uh-huh. kind of like it's like almost it's hard to explain it's almost dry or something it's just not well, yeah. right uh, like, it but could, yeah it could be it could be, could be like milk chocolate but if you don't eat it within a couple of weeks it turns white <laughs> in the wrapper right it's like yeah. dog's poo dog's poo starts off brown then it goes white you got dog's yeah. poo chocolate dog poo chocolate over here in America yeah 
stuck shit. Uh, Cronus85. When are you coming back to SoCal slash Venice Beach for a visit? No idea. No idea. No idea. Yeah. I like it. I like the visit. I'd like to see Eddie Giuliani again and see the old stomping ground, the firehouse. Many good memories all around there. Living on Rose Avenue, just down from the Rose Cafe in the firehouse. And yes. Plenty of good memories. I can remember it like yesterday down on Abbot Kenny when Max Muscle was down there. And then I lived on Venice Boulevard and going over to Marina Del Rey to the shopping center and movie theater. Oh, I'd like to go back and be like a nice This Is Your Life TV program. <laughs> yep. I've never been there. You have to go in. I don't one know. Day, no, I've one, never one been day. to California. Not ever. One day if I get back there, you'll have to meet me there. We can do like a big interview video going around Lee's old stomping ground. Oh, definitely. I'll fly out there in a heartbeat. This is where I used to go here, Jeff, and did this and do that. This is where I had the raping over. Oh, I mean, where I did the training over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Kane? Douglas Nett. Douglas Nett. How do you stay dry and full for a two-day show format? Water, sodium, diuretics, etc. Oh, you don't go crazy doing crazy shit. I still drink water slowly. With diuretics, well, like I said, if I'm going to take them, I, people take one and some people take two and three. I just take half of one if I need it the day before and then just go by how you look. Don't just think, okay, i got to get dry, I'm going to take it. If you don't need it, don't take it, but... I always just find eating the normal diet food and not drinking a lot. And like I said, if you're doing contests one day and you pump up and you, I said, normally that day the contest is on, you don't really eat much anyway because you're busy with the pre-judging and then after that you have a meal and then you go back for the night show. So you haven't really put a ton of food in anyway and you haven't really generally drunk a lot. So the next day you should be fine. Generally the next day you look better because you've been posing all day and you've generally had one big meal. So yeah, but I've never had a problem staying dry doing that as long as you just don't do crazy shit. If you're going to do the carb deplete and carb up, and then, like I said, if you're carving up for that one day, you might hit and miss it. That's why you see some of the pros at the Olympia. One day, some pros are flat. Some guys living really good. Next day, the flat guy now, he's really full and hard. The other guy that was full and hard on the first day, he's now smoothed out a bit by the next day because they're just fucking around too much with fluid and food and diuretics and fucking drugs. So, yep. At least the, the least minimum changes you can make, the better you're going to look. So... Just don't go doing any drastic type fucking witch doctor type garbage thinking it's going to help you out because generally it won't. Yeah. I think all the fucking witchcraft at the end is, that's the reason why there aren't as many guys who nail it. Like, I don't understand how you can fucking have a guy like Phil Heath who has prime genetics, has Uh everything in the world at his disposal. He's a millionaire. He's got this train. He's got all everything at his disposal, but he can't come in good for two nights, one day a year. That uh, blows my mind. Exactly. You got one day of the year. You got to fucking do it, and you can't do it. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, what the hell? What is? What is? Like, it just it just doesn't make sense to me. But um, mm-hmm. Jason Genova comes up a lot in these comments. Oh, yes, I've seen these things come um, up a lot in different people. We, like, get him, get him on again, or just comes. Did you see where I tagged you in that Border sixty six shirt? <laughs> No, I didn't see that. On Instagram? I think it's on Facebook. Yeah, there's a T-shirt out that said something like, 
Oh, okay. I, I survived Order 66 or something. It's like <laughs> the Star Wars shirt I patch. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I haven't been keeping up on my Facebook very good, so that's probably why. I, yeah. Um, Marrow DK, I have seen videos of you doing very high reps on leg press. How often was this a part of your leg training, and did it build mass as effective as the lower and heavier rep range? Hope your operation goes well. Greetings from Denmark. He's probably talking about Battle for the Olympia 05. No, I did a lot. I always went from heavyweight sometimes to high reps, and I found that both of them. Going heavy, lower reps, six to eight, built my legs just as good as doing the high reps did. So I think legs are one of those body parts that do respond to both. You know, the high rep stuff responds to them and so does the low rep. So I recommend doing both. See what works for you. But, yeah, a combination of both never, never can hurt. So you don't just get stuck to the heavy, heavy, heavy. you got to go heavy, heavy, heavy because over the years of doing that, your knees and that will be like dickhead. So, yeah. Break it up. Yeah. Plus, it makes it more of a challenge too when you have contests to see how many reps you can get out, or sometimes superset even. You know, do like leg press and squats, or squats and leg press. Do like three to four plates squatting, 15, 20 reps, chop off, then go do five plates on the leg press for 15, 20 reps. Just do stuff like that. Mix it up all the time, and your legs can take a hell of a lot of punishment. So, go punish them. Okay. Paul Cullen. Oh, come on. Hi, Jeff. My good friend in the USA. He compliments my show with Matt. Thank you very much. That's Central Bodybuilding on IronMagazine.com. Thank you, Jeff, Paul. Jeff 15. Mention Jeff 15. No, I'll get there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he says, can you pass my sympathy to Lee on the loss of his dog? Uh, my dog also died three weeks ago, so I feel the pain. Ask Lee to share some good, some of his best memories with his dog. Oh, Jesus, Paul, we're trying to bring up sad shit. I know. Good. <laughs> Putting a damper oh, on it. Exactly. Good memories. Oh, I just laying out in the backyard. I remember getting ready for the universe. She'd come walking with me a lot. I remember just sitting out the front on my cheat days and eating donuts. I got pissed pictures of me sitting there with her and she's eating chocolate chip cookies with me and donuts and like I said just <laughs> take, take, taking her on walks her sleeping with the cats and just pretty much whatever room I was in she was in but you know sadly that when I Jade and I split and I went to stay at my mum's for all she had three dogs so I couldn't take it out that's when I had to find a new home for her and my good friend Thomas and Lisa they took her in for a while and that, but then they um relatives wanted her so they took her which was just around the corner from thomas and pretty much around the corner from me so i could still see her when i wanted and stuff like that because i said i just break in for jay and i figured why you know jay could have kept it because she had a big yard and ship it on now it's your dog i'm not looking at it so sadly i had to give it to them but she was well looked after well loved and they all spoiled her everyone that had yoshi loved her. everyone that knew yoshi loved her just because of her personality and she was like so gentle but then Sadly, the other week, a snake bit her twice, and they got her to the hospital. And I was actually taken to a groomer's that day, and her legs started giving away. So I said, something's wrong with the dog. Get her to the vet. So they rushed her straight to the vet. They did the blood works, and she had snake venom in her blood. So they gave her anti-venom shots, two of them. Each shot's $1,200. Bloody hell. That's expensive. Jesus. Yeah, so and then the next day, she was doing sort of good. She was, like, prepped up and blah, blah, blah. But then 
she took a turn for the worse. So I went up to the vets and saw her and she sort of took some water off and just had her head sort of hanging down low and just sort of real lethargic and they just were giving her other drugs. So I left her that day and then that night, the people that were taking care of her who owned her now, they were um, told Lisa to give me a call and then they, she took a bad turn and she was bleeding from the nose and that, then all the organs started shutting down so they pretty much had to put her to sleep. What kind of snake bit her? Uh, I think it's probably a black. She said they found the two bite marks near her mouth. Huh. So. That dog was huge, based on the photos anyways. Yeah, she was a good... Actually, she was a big dog, but for... When, the, when I got her, her parents and her, like, uncle or grandfather dog were probably, like, three times the size of her. Like, she was, like, a big lovable bear but yet her relatives my god they were champion dogs too and shit they were like look like actual bears <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um the... yeah people have, some, I, people have some weird names don't they the names are like this is not even i don't i don't vigneshtagram I, I don't fucking know anyways <laughs> He says, it's an honor to ask a question to you, sir. Yes. My question yes, is... Yes, it is. Yes, it is. If, if you are prepping a men's physique athlete, would you ask him to do long off-season of six to eight months in a short contest prep, two to three months, or ask him to stay relatively lean all year round? I guess he's asking, like... Okay. If I'm doing a men's physique... Uh, what, like would a, you have a men's physique guy like bulk hard like a bodybuilder or would you have him stay lean all year? Well, first I'll tell him to remove his tampon and get into bodybuilding. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, on a serious note, but, um, because he's going into physique, like the, we're talking the board short type class, aren't we? Yes. But, yes. Now, I'd probably have him stay a bit lean. I wouldn't have him bulk up too much like a proper bodybuilder because Really, for men's physique, it's about having the classic lines and being symmetrical and, yeah, having a little bit of muscle. We don't want too much where you're looking like a bodybuilder, so I'd have them stay a little bit leaner, not like contest lean all year round, but I wouldn't have them bulk up dramatically like I used to or bodybuilders do, so I'd have them stay a bit leaner all year round. That way, when it comes time to diet down, they can, you know, pull it in a lot quicker. Plus, too, if you're staying a bit leaner, too, you can see what you've got to work on in that sort of thing as far as your physique goes, so. Yeah, I'd have him stay leaner. I wouldn't be doing the old bodybuilding style type thing, so, no. Yeah. Okay, I like your original answer. Yeah, then I'd go buy him a bra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go buy him a bra for their, uh... Mm-hmm. Back in my day, you're either a bodybuilder or you weren't. There was no fucking in-between. You had to next to be a bodybuilder. If you didn't have the next to be a bodybuilder... You were just the guy that loved going to the gym, and you'd go to the gym, and then you'd go watch the bodybuilding shows. You wouldn't wait for fucking 20 years down the track where it's like, oh, look, they've got a bodybuilder loser class. Look, I'm not a bodybuilder, but yet I've got arms and chest. Oh, they've got a class for me. I've got no fucking legs. I can wear board shorts. There we go. Yeah. I don't like the other the, – the men's physique, it all boils down to the same thing for me, and it's that you can't have a fan base – with something that's not unique. Like, mm-hmm. men's physique is like, you see guys built pretty close to that frequently. 
on every fucking, you know, they're on commercials, they're in movies, like, you can't have, there's no fans of men's physique, like, there's no, like, so, all, all the bodybuilders, pretty much, or bodybuilding fans, as young kids, had, like, Arnold posters on their wall, or Ronnie Coleman, mm-hmm. or Lee Priest, nobody has fucking men's physique guys on their wall, I mean, I don't, I don't think, list, I mean, list, list, the, list the men physique champions, can you? No, <laughs> uh, I mean, I know uh, who won Jeremy Boindia, the, uh, the Asian the, the kid, political one, uh, and then uh, yeah, Hani's client, the one from Steve's gym that won, he shouldn't have won, and then uh, who's the other I don't one? Know. Um, who's the other one? Sadek. Sadiq Hadzovic, yeah. Yeah, because I remember I put that thing up, a picture of him and the black guy who I thought should have won, and I put up, I put a joke up saying, suck dick instead of Sadiq, and people were like, that's disrespectful, Lee, fucking that. Like, well, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I actually, I competed against uh, Sadiq in a deadlift competition uh, for the RX muscle thing. We did 315 for reps. Did uh, he, did, he did 15, I did 33. I was going to say, if he beats you, I'm hanging up right now. <laughs> no, fuck no. I weighed 195, he weighed 215, and I beat him. I more than doubled his reps, so I felt pretty uh-huh. good about that. Although, I guess I guess uh, I shouldn't be too proud of myself for beating a men's physique guy. But he's a pretty big kid. He's like... Doesn't matter. You hmm? took him down. You took him down. Oh, yeah, I certainly did. I beat Seth Ferrosi, too. He did 32. So, uh, yeah. he couldn't hang with... Uh, Jeff Roberts either on the deadlift. Yeah, look at this. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just don't, I don't understand the. You can't just base a sport off entry fees. It just not, it's not sustainable. Nobody gives a shit about. There's no kids out there like, oh man, I can't wait to see the physique Olympia. You think this guy? It's like nobody cares about that shit. The only people who care are the competitors and their family members. Same with bikini. Who the fuck talks about the bikini like? Nobody's like, oh man, you think the Ashley Caltwaster's the, bikini, the bikinis girls must talk about it. It's like, yeah, who who cares? You can't it's, have it's, you... it's 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 fucking Vegas. If if you're going to watch a bikini, I'm going to watch a bikini Miss Olympia. Fuck that, we're going down to Spearmint Rhino. Fuck me dead. The girls down there look twice as good, and they're fucking pretty much all naked, and they come yeah. down and talk to you. They're not stuck up and not trying to sell you a photo or get on the cover of a magazine and they're actually getting paid they can tell what they want the girls down at spearmint rhino have good bodies i guess because they're strippers and that's vegas so they get the top strippers out there they're probably making five times the money these girls on the bikini oh, hell yeah. this, who are professionals um ifb pro, pro bikini on every fucking facebook page ifbb pro bikini such and such who aren't making shit they're just living off their men or doing whatever to, to keep this pro card, they, they can hate me all they want, but it's the fucking truth. I know I've been there, I've seen them, I've used to be with some, so I know how how fucking rolls in the industry with them. So yeah, yeah, whatever. It's like I always say to people, they might, they might as well go to Vegas for the weekend and go to Spearmint Rhino and make some real fucking money. Exactly. I'd say that like you can go to any fucking beach in the nation and see girls that look like that. You mm-hmm. you find me a person who's gonna pay money. On a, to, to go watch girls in bikinis walk across the stage from 50 feet away on a Saturday night. Those mm-hmm. people don't exist. Why would you do that? Why would you go watch girls in bikinis from 50 feet? Like, I don't, 
girls in bikinis are everywhere all the time. Like, why why would you pay money to go watch them on stage, quote, compete against each other? It's so stupid. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. And then, you know, and these then people get, try and then to, like. And they get so many of them, too, at, like, the USA's and that they have hundreds of them. It's like, you can't judge that properly. Come on, give me a break. You're not judging it fairly on how these people are and, you know, how they look and shit like that. Don't tell me you can, you know, the girl that comes first has all her hair done, this beautiful suit on, this fucking tiny bikini she's paid $800 for, and this tan <laughs> and the fake titties and God knows what else, and the girl to come last looks pretty much exactly the same as the girl that just won. Give me a break. Yeah. I can't handle their faces when they have, like, the their cheeks are, like, covering their fucking eyeballs. They're so puffed up. Like, that looks so bad. You look like the bride of Chucky. Christ. Mm-hmm. When they, they shoot, whatever they shoot in their face... They all have fake lips, obviously, and fake tits and fake asses and everything else, but and their corset waist with all their organs all mashed up. It's <laughs> like, but the the cheek injections are what get me the most. Like you look like a porcelain doll. Like, what oh, the yeah. fuck? And some of them are like Justine Monroe is one that like she's hot. She looks like sort of natural. I don't think she has fake tits. If she does, they're like very underwhelming. And she doesn't have, like, a jimmied-up face and stuff, but she doesn't win. She should win every time. Justine Monroe should win every time, but she never wins. But then you have the other ones that look like they look so fucking retarded. They got Their upper lip is three times the size of their lower lip. They got these cheeks jutting out three inches from their face. It's like, you look like a fucking clown, literally. Yeah, I think where he's going to be when... When a bikini life isn't probably super long, where do they go to? Where do ex-bikini girls go and do? Do they just go and work normal jobs, just become personal trainers? Do they actually become strippers or what's going on? What what happens to them? Yeah, I don't know. They just, uh, I mean, when you look like that, it's not too hard to earn money, I guess. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you do pretty much anything. But, I mean, maybe they just go to, uh, I don't know, go to porn or something. To the bikini place in the sky. Yeah, the bikini <laughs> heaven. Well, you watch. You, I used to see a lot of them too. You'd see a lot of them um, in the um, Vegas. And if you ever noticed, you'll see them. They'll be this glamorous bikini girl or whoever, physique or whatever they're doing. And you look at the boyfriend. The boyfriend's generally the one walking five feet behind, carrying a bags. He's just skinny, <laughs> skinny, frail, or he's old and a bit obese. It's almost like they got a sugar daddy, and they're the ones who have got the real job who's fucking forking all the money out for their fucking so-called pro career. That's generally 80 fucking percent of them. Yeah, right in complain about what I said, but it's fucking true. Right. And the, uh, you know, the, I don't get it. I don't understand the, the judging compared to every other division. It's just so outlandish. Like... Mm-hmm. The Olympia champ comes into the Olympia and gets third, looking the same. Like, I don't, I don't understand. And then, and then goes and fucking beats this. I don't know. The 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 placings are so erratic and insane. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I, I that shit annoys me. And it annoys me. The 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 most annoying thing about it are the guys who are like, oh, what are you a fag? You don't want to see a bikini girl? It's like you shut your fucking mouth. Like, <laughs> god damn it. Like, do you not? Do you not have access to pornography or Jesus Christ? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's that's how you. Uh, no, I don't actually. 
I don't want to watch 1,500 bikini girls walk across the stage and, like, no. Like, like you said, go down to the fucking rhino and they grind on your shit. Like, what the hell? Like, I don't know. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> they try to, like, they try to be, like, macho men about it. Like, oh, I love the bikini. That's the best thing. Like, mm. no. You don't fucking watch that shit. Don't, don't. No. Come on. Stupid. Jesus. <laughs> I feel like we're being very negative today, Lee. Uh, what, what happened, Jeff? You went on a downer there all of a sudden. I was I in an upbeat, upbeat mood and something just changed. Are, are, are you? I have to ask you, we have Are You Okay Day here. I have to ask you, Are You Okay, Jeff? Are You Okay Day? <laughs> yes. Is that well, a real thing? You have to ask a co-worker. Yes. You have to ask a co-worker or somebody, Are They Okay? It's a mental health day. you got to ask people, Are You Okay? I got some answers for you. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. None of your okay? goddamn business. Yeah. So, um, that's all the questions. Uh, I did want to ask you this, though. This is my question. Oh, Lee Priest, top five favorite superheroes in order. In order. Superheroes. Let's see. Um, well, I'd probably say Superman. Course. Number number one because you know Batman's good too, but Batman's still human. And if really, apart from Lex Luthor getting the Kryptonite, there's no Kryptonite. Pretty much Superman's fucking indestructible. Batman can still be killed even if with his fucking karate and shit. So, <laughs> uh, so I'd go fucking Superman number one. Number two, what I do? Oh, probably the Punisher. Nice. Just because I like him, because he's like you know vengeful, even though he's cool and he's you know about justice, he goes out in a fucking vengeful way and fucking fucks them up. Whereas Superman, he's still good and gets the bad guys, but he's still wholesome, you know, and like the American way. Whereas the Punisher, don't give a fuck; he'll just go kill him. Right. And then after the Punisher, probably have to go Batman because he has that dark side to him. If you go by the comic books, he's sort of a bit fucked up in the head. <laughs> And then uh, that's Superman, The Punisher, Batman. Yep. Uh, I've never really been a Spider-Man fan at all, so I wouldn't say Spider-Man. Iron Man, uh, I don't know. The Hulk, uh, I don't mind whatever the movies because I like Thor. It's not bad. Thor? Yeah. Or yeah. Wolverine. You either pick one of the X-Men. Wolverine's not bad. But, hmm. Yeah, it's hard to... Uh, uh, I love Wolverine. Wolverine's a ba- yeah. uh, such a badass. Yeah, I like him. I'll probably put Wolverine in four then. And then five. Like I said, to me, it could be a toss-up between the Hulk, Iron Man, or Spider-Man, or... Oh, then again, I did like... um. What's his name? If you go back, they made a movie, Spawn. Spawn, yeah. Yeah, he was sort of a, a badass type, sort of going after him. So yeah. Yeah. Well, what's your top five? Oh Jesus, the superheroes. Mm. I don't really know superheroes that much. I like uh, the Hulk is obviously up there. I like the Hulk. Um, do you like Do you like the Power Rangers? No, I did when I was a kid though. I work in a toy store. I see Power Rangers a lot. What about Optimus Prime? I never got into to, uh, uh, Transformers. I don't. I don't know. It's never been my thing. But 
I like um Captain America. Yeah, you're not uh, bad. But to me, to me, Captain America, Iron Man, because they're sort of people with super suits on. They sort of just sort of well, Captain America, he had some drugs in him, so he's sort of a bit different. But to me, they all sort of fall under the one umbrella. There's nothing sort of super outstanding about them. Like they're not, like I said, like Superman or from another planet type thing. Right. I also like uh, Venom. I just think oh, he looks yeah. fucking. He looks fucking cool. It's like an if, alter ego of Spider-Man, right? Yeah. If Heath Ledger, Joker was a hero, he'd be a good one, but he was a bad guy. Yeah, Joker's cool. I don't like Batman just because, I don't know, I think, I don't know. I I saw The Dark Knight, and I thought Batman's character was just so, the I don't know. Was he just, in that. Oh, the I Joker could, was, I, I, I thought, never, I, I wanted never, the Joker never, to kill Batman. <laughs> I know. I could, I could, that's why I hated it. Heath Ledger died because he could have made that character go on for a long time in different movies. Yeah. Like even in um, Suicide Squad, if that was Heath Ledger in that role, that would have been great. What I, I could never understand in Dark Knight or even just Christian Bale as Batman, it's like, this is Mr. Wayne. Hello, pleasure to meet you. Yes, yes. And then all of a sudden he's Batman. What are you doing? Do you know who yeah. I am? <laughs> How the yeah. fuck does his voice change just because he put that fucking cowling on his head? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the 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 fucking voice was too much. I mean, what are you doing? Oh, I am Batman, and he was like, he he didn't have like confidence or anything in that movie. Do you know who I am? He's like, I don't know if I can do it. Exactly, Harvey. I will go save her, but you need to save Commissioner Gordon. It's like what the fuck? Why's he got a fucking voice changer inside that machine? Is yeah, he's got a one of those uh, voice changer microphones in his little Batman mask. Yeah. Yeah, and then funny. the Joker was just like totally badass. I wanted the Joker yeah. to kill him. Yeah, he was just psychotic, wasn't he? He was funny. <laughs> I like that. I still love that scene where he goes in with all his bad people are in the thing, and he puts that splinter table and slams the guy's head, and it goes ta-da! A magic trick. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember ta-da. that. Yeah, because yeah, I remember remember when they said they were going to have him as someone goes, "Oh, having a Joker," and everyone's like, "Oh fuck no!" You know, because Jack Nicholson was. Such a good Joker. People are like, oh, you can't get another Joker. It won't be the same. But then his sort of Joker, because it was so far distant, totally different from Jack Nicholson, it worked well, you know? So Jack, right. Jack, Jack Nicholson was good, but Heath Ledger's was just totally fucking deranged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some people say that had something to do with his suicide. Yeah, they reckon he sort of went to a dark place and into thing. But there's another guy. When they did his autopsy, what did he have? All those prescription drugs in his system and Valium and everything. Of course. Yep. I don't know if I buy into the whole uh, the dark role played a played a part in it. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's as dark as. I mean, if you're on the movie set, like I don't think there's a whole lot of. Like it's mostly probably. I think I think playing that. I think playing that role, even though you got a. On the movie set, you can okay because you got the makeup on and you're really into it. You could be fucking badass in, but. You still know it's just a movie. It's make believe. It's fun. You're not really right. going into it. I, I could understand people to do like, if you're gonna do a movie about real life stuff, like on child trafficking and drugs and people that are being murdered, and like say for that role, you're gonna go and hang out with the person who's who could be a killer in jail. So you got to go to the prison and work out what his life was like and interview him, and he'll tell you about the murders and this and that. When you got to do those type of roles, I think in a way that might 
play on your mind because you, you're thinking, oh, fuck me, dad, this guy did this to real people and murdered them and butchered them and i got to play him in a movie. That sort of thing you might think, okay, it's pretty different. But playing a character like a Joker where you just got to be sinister and go around and be a psychotic, psychopathic killer and laugh about it, I think that would be a great role. I'd love to do that. Yeah. But we got to play like a Joker. Yeah, we got to play a real life person. Like, say you had to play one of those German Nazi soldiers and there was one of life, so you had to go interview him and he told you about the stories of, okay, killing the Jews and shooting them and gassing them and torturing them and stuff like that. You'd be like, oh, fucking hell, that's pretty fucked up. So, in a way, you'd probably feel a bit weird because you're sort of having to relive it and play his role knowing that this really happened to people. But, yeah, to play like a just a psychotic cartoon sort of person that comes alive on the movies like the Joker, I think that'd be fucking fun because the more crazy you're making, the more psychotic you make, it'd be more fun, you know, type thing. It's like when you watch those horror movies of Freddy Krueger and stuff like that because he's going around killing people and making jokes about it and just being so fucking sarcastic while he's killing them just makes you laughing. That'd be a great role we could just play a killer like that. And You know, you get a lot of movies where the bad guys and the killers actually root for them because they're that bad and they're that fucking... Like you said, they're making jokes while they're killing people. You think, what a fucking badass. He's just a fucking complete nut job. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely how The Dark Knight was for me. I was totally pulling for the Joker. I want him mm-hmm. to slay Batman in that movie. Um, but yeah, you're right. Definitely right about that. I think, too, is like he's not. He, he It's not like he's playing that, that role for a, a long time. It's like mm-hmm. he's got to be that character for like five minute intervals, you know, mm-hmm. here and there. It's not like. Now, if he had to p- play that role for, like, a TV show, you know, and have weekly, you know, then they're filming all like, the time for years like, on like, end. Like I said, like Days of Our Lives, where you got to play that one character for 20-odd years, you become the character. <laughs> yeah, that might be a little fucked up. But one movie, like, I don't know. I don't I don't think that has anything to do with it. These celebrities... And like are... I said, I think, too, if you get a movie like that, I think it would be so much fun to make it so dark and, like, so demented that... The, the worst in the, in the character like the Joker like that the worse you make him it's going to be so much better you know you wouldn't want to just half ass do it it's like you've got to go all out and, you know go all fucking nut job on it because really the Joker yeah. he was so bad like in that jail scene where the Batman's beating him up and he's just laughing and carrying on it's like the more psychotic you act the better it's going to come off so I think that'd be fun <laughs> you can almost just ad libit as you go on along just act fucking crazy yeah that would be a really uh, fun role to play the psychotic Joker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I'm well, a yeah, all... that, should, that should be my next fucking role. I should be the next Joker. Yeah, I think you could pull that off. Or the Punisher. You know, the Punisher. Do some camera tricks to make you 6'5". Yeah. I like... I watched a Punisher movie... Oh, man, this must have been... Over 10 years ago it came out. And it was... I, I liked it a lot, actually. Dolph it was cool. Was it him? Maybe. Oh, no, the the one that came out was probably Thomas Jane as the Punisher. And then there was the one Punisher Warzone, the next one. Did you see that one? With the other I don't guy. think so. Well, Rent, make sure you watch Punisher Warzone. It's pretty good. Lots of killings, but it's got a different actor in it. I forget his name. I think it's that Ray Stevens. When did that Ray's come out? Probably a few years back now. Punisher Warzone. But okay. the, original, the original one, Punisher was um Dolph Lundgren it was filmed in Sydney What year Punisher, was that Punisher Warzone come out in 2008 
Yes. Yeah. Ray, Ray Stevens is the Punisher. No, it's really good if you watch that one full of action and lots of fucking killings and shit. That might be the one that I saw. I, I don't know. I thought it was earlier than that, but well, it first, was good. The first, the first Punisher had Thomas, that Thomas Jane movie in it. Thomas Jane, I mean actor. Yeah. It came out in 2004. Thomas Jane. And John, John Travolta was in that one, too. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. 2004 sounds more accurate. Yeah. That was a good yeah. movie. Yeah, we'll get, watch Warzone. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to. Ton of good action. And then if you do find the original one with Dolph Lundgren, it's worth a look. Noted. All right, so uh, that's it for another episode of International Iron. Um, as me, as Lee mentioned earlier, check out ironmaglabs.com and use coupon code Jeff15, G-E-O-F-F-1-5, for 15% off at checkout at ironmaglabs.com or ironmagresearch.com. And um, follow Lee on Instagram, Lee yeah. A. Priest. And, or Facebook, uh, give me some abuse, tell me steroids yeah. and midget and face tattoo and fucking hell, whatever else. Yeah. Lee's always uh, up I for some I abuse. Would, uh, I, I would, actually, I don't mind the abuse because it's actually funny and entertaining. I just wish I'd come up with something new. That's what annoys me because every time I see steroids, face tattoo, it's like, oh, fucking hell. It's like, come up with something new, for God's sakes. You know, if you're going to abuse me, come up with something that I haven't heard, which could be hard to do, but, you know, at least... Try. Yeah, get something original <laughs> on there. Exactly. Here in midget short, that, nah, nah, like, ooh, never heard that. <laughs> midget. They say the same, yeah, fucking retards. But anyways, that's uh, that's all she wrote. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back in two weeks, and um, two weeks. That'd be getting close to the Arnold Classic, won't it? Just yeah. Before the Arnold, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do a little preview of the Arnold. Actually, hold on, because next week will be the 25th. Two weeks would be the Arnold weekend. It'll be the 4th. Yes. Oh, yeah. We can do the show while we're watching the live cast of the Arnold on at the time we're doing the show. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Probably could do that. Yes. And we can say how be, they're it looking. Would, not, not it the would be like, show, but just a little bit of it. Like, say, find out the times, like, when the finals is on. Yeah. Because that'll be on. Or the probably, prejudging. That'd probably be this time, really, over there, wouldn't it? Pre, yeah, with a prejudging, when they're doing the call out. So that'd be good. It'll have to be prejudging. Because yeah, that's. Because you, you, yeah, you want them when they're all on stage, side by side. Yeah. So It'll be late my time and midday your time. Probably roughly this time. Yeah, roughly, yeah. That's All a right. good idea. Yeah, well, check it out. We can maybe do that. That way we can say who's on and what they look like. And go, ah, shit, crap. <laughs> live, uh, live International Iron play-by-play. Yeah. Uh, that's a good idea. Hmm. That's what that's what it's going to be next week. That's what it's going to be. Or two, two weeks, weeks from now. Yeah. Just, just, Arnold Classic. Just look, just look and see what time it is so we know. Right. I think it's like, I don't know. I, I think it's 7... But it's that's uh, West Coast, so it starts at ten. Uh, seven, uh, like I think Columbus, Ohio, so they're not too far off your time, are they? Oh, that's right, Columbus. 
Yeah. That's all, I'll that's have almost, to look. That's almost your I'll, time, isn't it? There's an hour difference in Columbus. I think Columbus is one hour, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll have to look and make sure just to, what time it actually is. But, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll do that. Yeah, find out what site's live streaming it, and we'll have a looky. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. <laughs> I hope someone's live streaming yeah. it. I haven't really yeah, heard I anything think it about is. it. I saw, I saw a thing on Facebook, someone saying they're live streaming it. Because I think on one of them, oh, good. I think Gen- Generation 9 could be live streaming it because I said Flex Wheeler and Kai Green could have been doing some sort of talking about it. Oh, nice. That'll be interesting. Mm. We can right. talk. We can talk about them talking about the Arnold. Yeah, there we go. Original content. Yeah. All right. Uh, with that, for the priest down in Australia, Jeff Roberts, we are. Yeah.